G'day everyone, my name is Stephen and welcome to another episode of the Bamboo History Podcast. For those of you who are new, the Bamboo History Podcast is a Chinese and East Asian history podcast. If you like this type of content, please subscribe right now and follow my Instagram too, at Bamboo History Podcast. We've also got a website now that I've recently published called bamboohistorypodcast.com. So please check it out. Besides my podcast episodes, what you can also find on my website is an about section of me and also a blog page where I'll be posting extra additional historical content. Now, after a huge three-part Civil War series, the last thing I'm sure all of you want is another episode about war. Well, this episode is about a really famous war that Psych! Got you all. You can all breathe a sigh of relief because I'm not going to talk about a war today. Instead of war, today we'll be talking about an ancient Chinese personality. This personality was an ancient Chinese emperor. And what makes this particular emperor special? Well, he was one of the rare Chinese emperors that was homosexual. So yeah, let's just get straight into it. The name of this homosexual emperor was Emperor Ai of Han. Ai spelt A-I, and Han spelt H-A-N. Emperor Ai was the emperor of the Han dynasty for six years between the years of 7 BCE to 1 BCE. Emperor Ai was born in the year 25 BCE, and his birth name was Liu Xin, spelt L-I-U-X-I-N. His father was a prince and was the half-brother of the ruling emperor of the time, Emperor Cheng. Liu Xin's childhood wasn't really the best. His father had died when he was very young, and he didn't see his mother often. He was instead raised by his grandmother, consort Fu, who was known to be a very domineering and an overbearing grandma to Liu Xin. But things took a turn for Liu Xin when he was 18 years old, when he took a trip to the capital city of the time and met his uncle, the Emperor Cheng. When Emperor Cheng saw the young prince, he was impressed by the knowledge Liu Xin had on the law on Confucian classics, and also how virtuous he was as a person. Perhaps it was because his overbearing grandma had forced him to study rather than play video games or kick the footy, which was why he knew so much knowledge. And why did this particular meeting change the course of Liu Xin's life? Because Emperor Cheng himself did not have any sons, and he was looking for an heir to replace him as the emperor when he died. Liu Xin was his nephew, his half-brother's son, and his flesh and blood, and hence, he became Emperor Cheng's favourite to become his successor. The following year, on 8 BCE, Liu Xin was made the crown prince and the successor to the Han dynasty throne. And then, A year after that, in 7 BCE, Emperor Cheng died, and Liu Xin ascended the throne and became known as Emperor Ai. 
When he first came onto the throne, the court and the government was dominated by the Wang family. Wang spelt W-A-N-G. The Wang family was the family of the Emperor Cheng's mother, the Grand Empress Dowager Wang. The Wang family was so powerful at the time that it threatened the emperor and the stability of the nation. Most of the high-ranking officials and ministers were from the Wang family and they controlled pretty much everything. So, Liu Xin, or Emperor Ai, began his reign curbing the power of the Wang family by taking power away from his cousins and his uncles who were part of the Wang family. And he was determined to crack down on nepotism and favoritism in the court. He was also noted to be very frugal and he spent money cautiously. This was in contrast with his lavish predecessor, Emperor Cheng, and so this was also met with approval. It was also recorded in the historical text, the Han Shu, H A N S H U, that Emperor Ai worked really hard and diligently and rarely spent time with women. Rarely spent time with women. Hmm. Perhaps we're onto something here. But the most famous thing that Emperor Ai is known for was his relationship with another man. And the name of that man was Dong Xian. Dong Xian spelt D-O-N-G-X-I-A-N. We don't know a whole lot about Dong Xian's early life. But based on the Han Shu, they describe Dong Xian as someone who was a soft and gentle person and good at charming people. So yeah, he's a young and attractive man and he's got the riz. We do know, however, that when Liu Xin ascended the throne in 7 BCE and became the Emperor Ai, Dong Xian at the time was serving as his secretary. In Chinese, this position is known as the Lang Guan. At first, Emperor Ai and Dong Xian didn't really know each other and they both went about their daily lives separately. But it was a fateful day in 5 BCE, two years into Emperor Ai's reign, that a meeting by chance changed both of their lives forever. Was this love at first sight? It was said that the Emperor Ai was strolling in the palace, frustrated at some problems at work he was dealing with. He was like, oh, these people are nuts. Why can't I just get this thing done? I'm so frustrated right now. And as he was strolling, he stumbled upon Dong Xian, who was running an errand. Ah, oh, it's so frustrating. Oh, what the? Whoa. Oh, who is this handsome young fellow? The emperor was stunned by the beauty of this man. Large round eyes, smooth white skin, long luscious black hair, and soft lips. Hmm. It's like I'm falling in love with Dong Shen as well. Anyway, um, it seemed like the emperor was very attracted to Dong Shen. I don't want to wait mm, for our lives to be over. <laughs> Dong Shen, however, was very nervous when he bumped into the emperor. He was like, 
you know, he's a servant, right? He's like, oh, oh, I'm so, I'm so, I'm so nervous. Oh, I hope he doesn't kill me. Oh, oh it's the emperor. Oh, shit. And he was also struck by the hunk of a man that the emperor was. The emperor Ai asked Dong Xian <coughs> in Chinese, 你是太子舍人董贤吗? In English, it means, Are you Dong Xian? Dong Xian bowed down, nervous of looking the emperor in the eye, and replied, Yes, it is I, Dong Xian, and quickly hurried away. The emperor was only four years older than Dong Xian, so clearly the age gap wasn't an issue. As Dong Xian hurried away, the emperor took note of this handsome young man, and later on promoted Dong Xian, so that Dong Xian would be his personal attendant. That meant Dong Xian would be able to follow the emperor wherever he went. Soon enough, the emperor's affection for Dong Xian grew. It is quite clear that besides physical attractiveness, Dong Xian, as described in the Han Shu, is also very charming as well, and had a degree of intelligence. Because his father was a minister, so he most likely received an education, and was able to impress the Emperor Ai with his intelligence as well. So as the Emperor's affection for Dong Xian grew, Dong Xian was promoted again. And this time, not only was he promoted, his father was also given a promotion too. I know, right? So much for the Emperor Ai's earlier crackdown of nepotism. Dong Xian's sister was also made a consort, which meant now the Dong family were royalty. Dong Xian would always be by the Emperor's side, and the Emperor gifted him with many precious jewels, and even built him a large mansion outside of the palace that rivaled the Emperor's palace. And then after the palace was built, Dong Xian and his wife and children moved in. Yeah, that's right. Dong Xian, whilst being in a relationship with the emperor, also had a wife and kids himself. And as for Emperor Ai, so much for all the cautious and frugal spending that he was doing earlier in his reign, now he's just splashing cash at Dong Xian. Many officials and ministers in the court were concerned at how quick Dong Xian was rising within the ranks of the Han Dynasty, and some tried to voice their objections on promoting Dong Xian that fast. But the officials that did do that ended up being punished by the emperor. One example is a minister named Wang Jia. He was against Dong Xian being made a marquess. And as a result, by talking against the emperor, he was imprisoned and forced to commit suicide. Within three years of meeting the emperor, Dong Xian rose from just a lowly little palace attendant, all the way to the prime minister and the supreme commander of the entire Han dynasty's armed forces, which happened to him in the year 2 BCE. For many of the ministers and other high-ranking people, this was hard to believe and also hard to accept. Yes, it was true that Dong Xian was intelligent and was well-versed in literature, but he was still young in his early 20s and had no experience on how to govern a nation and lead an army into battle. Heck, 
He hadn't even been a soldier and even fought a battle before. For a man who was so intent on curbing the power of powerful noble families earlier in his reign, it was ironic that the Emperor Ai was now promoting a man and his family members because of a, quote, special connection he had with him. And uh, this is the part you're all waiting for. What was this so-called special connection? There is a lot of talk that Emperor Ai and Dong Shen had a relationship that was more than just platonic friends, and that it was romantic in nature. Well, what did they do then together? Not to mention the fact that Dong Xian would accompany the emperor wherever he went. Dong Xian would also sleep with the emperor Ai in the same bed. If that's not romantic, I don't know what is. There is a famous Chinese saying as well, called Duan Xiu Zhi Pi, which translates into English as Passion of the Cut Sleeve. So this phrase originated from a story involving Emperor Ai and Dong Xian. One day, Emperor Ai and Dong Xian were sleeping together in the same bed. In the morning, the emperor woke up and wanted to get up, but his shirt sleeve was stuck under Dong Xian's head, who had used the emperor's shirt sleeve as a pillow. Instead of waking Dong Xian up to pull his sleeve from under his head, the emperor instead cut his sleeve off so he could let Dong Xian rest without being interrupted. The act of the emperor cutting his own sleeve formed the saying Duan Xiu Zhi Pi passion of the cut sleeve. And this phrase is used in the Chinese language in modern times to refer to homosexual love. Now, some of you listeners might be thinking, how can this signify love between two men? He just cut off his sleeve. It wasn't like they were making out or doing other intimate stuff. Well, How love was portrayed in ancient China is a lot different to how it is portrayed nowadays. I mean, not even ancient China, but 50 years ago, they would have portrayed homosexual love in a different way as well. For the emperor of China, a large empire, to make such a gesture to another man, sleeping with him, showering him with gifts, promoting him to high positions, even proclaiming once in front of his ministers that he wanted Dong Xian to be his accompany burial should he die. These were things that you wouldn't do or even ask of for a platonic male friend. Now, some of you may also argue that it was a common phenomenon for Han Dynasty emperors and Chinese emperors in general to keep close male companions by their side. For example, the Emperor Wen of the Han Dynasty and his male pet, Deng Tong, The historian Sima Qian once said that It isn't just women alone who could use their looks to attract the eyes of the ruler. Many were also men of ancient times who gained favour this way. But what I believe is really telling of the fact that the Emperor Ai was homosexual, which was that he didn't have any children at all, which perhaps can lead us to infer that he never 
had any intimate relations with a female. Even though he did have a wife, the Empress Fu, it was unlikely that they had even consummated their marriage. But whether they consummated their marriage or not is perhaps something that we'll never ever know for sure. But during my research into this topic, one thing really stuck to my mind that not many of the research that I looked at really talked about. Yes, the Emperor Ai loved Dong Xian, but did Dong Xian reciprocate this love? It is obvious that they did a lot of stuff together. <laughs> stuff. And the Emperor showered him with a lot of affection. But all of it seems a little bit one-sided from the Emperor's end. Going back to what the historian Sima Chen said about men gaining favour by trying to be attractive in the eyes of the ruler. Did Dong Xian really love the Emperor Ai? Or was Dong Xian only loving the Emperor Ai so that he could get rich, successful and powerful in the empire? Remember, Dong Xian had a wife and he also had kids. So based on that, one could make an inference that Dong Xian was actually heterosexual and maybe wasn't attracted to men at all, but he only did so for personal gain. I mean, look at what he got because of his relationship with Emperor Ai. He got a palace, he became the second most powerful person in China at the time, and his family members all got high-ranking positions in government or in the court. Obviously, we'll never know what Dong Shen really felt about the emperor. But based on what I just said, we can definitely mount an argument that Dong Shen was only using the emperor's love for him to get what he wanted. So, to all the listeners out there, to all my bamboo historians, what do you all think? Did Dong Shen reciprocate the emperor's love? Or was he just a pretentious F-boy? It'd be great to hear your thoughts. So please leave a comment on the platform you're listening to this episode on, or you can DM me on Instagram, or comment on my Instagram post. In the year 2 BCE, Dong Xian became the second most powerful person in the Han Empire, being the Prime Minister and the Supreme Commander of the Army. But all of that came crashing down really, really fast. In the following year, in the year 1 BCE, the Emperor Ai passed away, most likely from an illness that he had been suffering throughout most of his life. When he passed away, he was only 24 years old at the time. After the Emperor passed away, the Grand Empress Dowager Wang, remember her? She immediately took action and seized power from Dong Xian who was still in shock by the Emperor's death and didn't have time to react. Within days after the Emperor Ai's passing, Dong Xian lost all of his power and he and his wife committed suicide in the same year and most of his family were exiled as well. The Dong family came crashing down, but the Wang family, who was curbed of their power by the Emperor Ai, were now back up and the Wang family's return and comeback to power would mark significant changes to the Han Dynasty in a few years' time. But that, my bamboo historians, is a story for another day.
I really had fun researching about this topic. I had never known before that ancient China had homosexual emperors, considering how conservative ancient China was. And this wasn't the only example of homosexual relations in ancient China. There are more relationships like this that I want to explore later in a future episode. The Emperor Ai was blinded by love and affection, and this is an example where personal feelings got in the way of professional business. Dong Xian had clouded his judgement, and the Emperor Ai got him involved in affairs of the state, something that Dong Xian was underqualified in, placing him in positions that he wasn't capable of. But despite all of Emperor Ai's failures to separate his personal affairs with his professional affairs, I was still rooting for them. I really wanted his love with Dong Xian to go far. And in the end, it is still tragic that both of them met their deaths at such a young age and did not spend a long time together. And by a spark of coincidence, the word Ai in Emperor Ai's name means in Chinese to grieve or to mourn. And alas, this is what we shall do for two ancient Chinese men, who if they met and were together in a different era of history, they could have lived happily ever after. So yeah, that's it. That's the end of the story of Emperor Ai and his relationship with Dong Xian. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to my podcast, follow my Instagram, and also check out my new website. I'll put all the details in the description box below. If you want to leave a comment, share your feedback, give me topic suggestions, please either DM me on my Instagram or contact me by my email. I'll also leave that in the description box below. Alright, it's time for me to go now. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your day or evening, and I'll see you all next time on the Bamboo History Podcast. Bye for now.